you have your Bible, go with me to 1 John chapter 4. Uh, we're going to pick it up uh, there this morning. 1 John chapter 4. We're get a chance to look at a couple of things. And so as you gather around the scriptures uh, this morning, I think it's going to be really important for us uh, as we uh, sing about our God as a great God is to, to also then think, all right, Lord, I want to listen to your word. How do I know my God is a great God? Experience known the scriptures. God has been consistent from the very beginning, and he will continue to be consistent. And so as you and I walk today, we will have a tendency to be busy and distracted. But if we pause and say, God, how big are you? By spending time in your word, it'll broaden our comfort. It'll allow us to navigate differently as we enter into the world and the things that are going on around us. But I also want to encourage you, as we look at 1 John chapter 4, John's going to encourage these believers to verify what they're listening to. So the world in John's day is, is pretty crazy. A lot of the attack is on Christ and his deity and his virgin birth, and all these things are coming down on this group of believers in John's day. And so John's going to say, guys, I want to encourage you to listen I want to encourage you to verify, but I think the important part when it comes to the verification is they go back to the scriptures. So many of the things that are taking place in John's day, if those individuals would have listened and then said, okay, I want to verify that, but not verify it with their own thought processes, their own preferences, if they would have went back and said, hey, what does the Bible say? I understand what society's saying, but what does the scripture say? So if you have your Bible, 1 John chapter 4, look at verses 1 through 6. Beloved, we do not believe every spirit, but, the, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard was coming and is already in the world. Little children, you are from God and overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to God and listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So as John writes to this audience, he's going to encourage them to be aware of false prophets. And in just a second, you're going to get a chance to see exactly what John wanted this group of readers to say, this is a false prophet. And they identify it very specifically. But as you and I get started this morning, as we're looking at this passage of Scripture, John is encouraging these people to beware of the false prophets. Now, interesting if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, and if you look up the New King James Version, the Spirit is now working us as the sons of disobedience. That's where you get the passage where it talks about the prince and the power of the air. I think it's important as John's readers hear this, not that they're afraid, but they need to be aware of false prophets. They need to be aware that there's something going on in their day that is not for Jesus. So he's making them just be aware of it. One other passage I want to just call to your mind is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. 
this spirit is antichrist and this spirit blinds people so they will not come to know the gospel. They're not going to say yes to Jesus. So this group that John is writing to, he wants them to be aware of that. Now I think it's interesting if you look in verse 1, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God for many false prophets that have gone out into the world. So how are they going to identify who is a false prophet? So now John is going to walk them through some interesting information so that these individuals would know this person is a Jesus person and this person is against the gospel. And it comes down to them saying this, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is from God. So what do we know as you look at 1 John chapter 4? There's a group that is promoting that Jesus was not sent. That he didn't have an earthly, that he wasn't, he wasn't deity until the crucifixion. That teaching was being taught so that those individuals could live their lives however they wanted to, fulfill the desires of their flesh. And so John is going to write back. And so in that day and age, if they're going to say, you know what, Christ is not deity. It didn't come until the crucifixion. They're, they're skipping a lot of verses that you and I really love. I love Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 21, where God comes to Mary and says, you know what, you're going to have a child which is prophesied in the Old These guys are going to walk away from this verse. They don't want this verse. And so as, as Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24, was, is written to fulfill the law and prophets that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. No, 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 that, they're not going to believe that. They're not going to have anything to do with Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17, where Jesus is starting in his ministry, and he's challenging people to repent for the kingdom is at hand. Who's at hand? Jesus is there. So as Jesus begins his ministry, he's saying, hey, here's an opportunity for you to say, you know what? I was going in that direction. Why was I going that direction? I was following the prince and the power of the air. That's Ephesians 1. Oh, I was the sons of disobedience. So I was going in that direction. Jesus said, hey, I want to I encourage you to go in a different direction. Repent. The kingdom is at hand. I'm not going that way anymore. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Another interesting passage is Matthew chapter 15, 29 through 31, where God is going to glorify Jesus in this earth. Oh, no, we're not interested in that. We don't want that. You know another passage of scripture that they wanted to take away is John chapter 3, verse 16. They don't want this to be about Jesus who was willing to come into a world to love people so they would know that they would be loved. And because they have been loved, because he demonstrated his love towards them, this group of individuals did not want them to move towards Christ. Yep, Jesus, I want forgiveness of my sins, and I find it in you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in who? The teachers of John's day? Well, we have superior knowledge. Just come ask us. Well, you're just supposed to be here to satisfy the desires of your flesh. Just go enjoy that. No, no. They wanted all that to be wiped away because Jesus said you have to believe in him, not the religious leaders of the day, 
not the false prophets of the day, but Jesus. He also wanted this to go away. In John chapter 21, if they can discredit Jesus, now you have an eyewitness account of the risen tomb. His name is John. So as John writes back to these people, and he says to this congregation, guys, I want you to identify a false prophet. You can do that by recognizing, do they talk about Jesus has come in the flesh and is from God? Because John was one of those guys that ran to the tomb. And guess what was in the tomb? The burial cloths that Nicodemus wrapped around Jesus. The facial cloth that was around Jesus. But you know who was not there? Jesus. There were no bones left there. The tomb was empty. And you're going to watch as John's life now goes in a direction, say, hey, I saw the miracles. I listened to the words. I've seen the empty tomb, guys. If anybody's talking about those things, those people are against Christ. If they're not talking about the death, the burial, and the resurrection, they are anti-Christ. They are against Christ. So I'm not sure how many were in that day, as people heard these words from John, were thinking, you know what? I'm thinking about that guy, and that guy, and that guy, and that guy. And they said, you know what? We're no longer going to listen to that guy's teaching. We're starting to identify that that guy who says he has superior knowledge will not submit to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. He won't accept that. He doesn't want that. He wants his preferences. He wants his ways. He wants his thoughts. So as John says to them, now these are pretty, pretty clear words if you go back to verse 2. We know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that testifies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, in verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. Done. Pretty simple, John. Why is this? Because in John's day, there's some doors that are starting to open. And the doors that were starting to open were no longer Jesus. It was what this person thought about Jesus. So the gospel was being changed from Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection to, well, I have superior knowledge. Just come ask me. I'll tell you how to get to heaven. When you start open that door, people start to wander away. And why is this so important? If you do not get the gospel right, you will not spend eternity with Jesus. So in John's day, they're going to start to open up a door that wide is the gate. Hey, you know what? There's a lot of ways to get to heaven. Well, wait a second. John didn't say that. Well, God really loves you, but you don't have to choose Jesus. You can, you can go, oh, it's all about let's be all be together. Well, no, 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 no. John doesn't say that. John says that anyone who speaks against the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ, which was prophesied in the Old Testament, that a virgin would give birth. Oh, by the way, I was eyewitness to his miracles. I watched the guy who had leprosy just walk away. I ran to the tomb. There was a race. But when I left the tomb, something happened inside of me. When the Holy Spirit showed up in my life, I went in a different direction. He was not going to walk away from those things. Anybody else 
is antichrist. So I'm not sure how many people in John's day were listening or reading these words and started to think, you know what? Maybe we need to reevaluate that person speaking. Maybe evaluate what that, that little church is talking about. Are they talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ? Or are they talking, you know, we, we don't want to be controversial, so we'll accept anyone. And then anybody can come in and guess what? You can choose how you spend eternity. I'm sorry, I love people. But my Bible is challenging me to love people enough to tell them the truth. And the truth in John's day, for those people to identify a false prophet, was do you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ? You can kind of put it in a little different phrase. You can kind of phrase it like this. Do these people actually believe in the virgin birth, the sinless life, the atoning death, and the glorious resurrection from the dead. Do you believe in that? That's what really matters. Now, what's really interesting is, is I like this next part. See, if you drop down to verse four, and probably you've heard this, your parents have probably said this to you. Um, one, probably so that you wouldn't sin, and two, that you, so you wouldn't be scared of the dark. Um, but I don't know how it worked out in your life. But you read these words, and I think it's really neat If you put it in the context, look what happens. He says to these people, little children, you are from God. From God. What's God? From eternity. From creation. From the person who takes care of the stars. From the person who provides rain. From the person who provides gravity every single day. From the person who wanted a relationship that really loved us. You are from God. And every spirit... I'm sorry, (laughs) I went back to three. From God and have overcome them, why? For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Just stop there for a second. I wonder how many people paused right then and said, okay, it doesn't matter what this guy over here says. he, he, He claims he has superior knowledge. It doesn't matter now. You know why? Because greater is he who is in me than what that man says. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to worry. I don't have to live. They didn't have to live their lives in fear no longer say, well, this is what this other group is saying, and this is what this other group is saying, and this group, and this group, and this group. It's okay. Let all those other groups talk. Why? Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Guys can do whatever they want to do, but an eyewitness that says, hey, he's in you. Trust him. Walk with him. You don't have to be afraid. So maybe they, some of them would think back to, maybe they would think back to 1 John 2.20, where they've been anointed. Oh God, you've given me a gift. It's the Holy Spirit. I can walk today. Or maybe they would think back to maybe it was something that, that Paul said in Ephesians chapter one, that they've been sealed by a gift. It's been deposited. It's an inheritance that will never go away. Or maybe they were reminded of some other words later on in 2 Peter, in chapter 1, and you read these words. His divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great so that through them you may become partakers 
So through the promises of God, they were okay. So they can navigate the storms through the promises of God. Little children, take heart. Because no matter what the world goes on in the world, he calls us to surrender. To allow the one that's in charge to be in charge. To allow this, I don't know how many dads are sitting there thinking, okay, you know what, this guy's kind of starting a new church and my kids kind of want to go over there and this guy's doing this and this guy's doing this. But as a dad, I remember this as my father, he said to us, we're not going to that church anymore. I'm like, well, what do you mean? There's no, he said, there's no youth group there. You're not going there anymore. I'm like, well, dad, where am I going to go? He said, you're going to go over here. I'm like, dad, well, I don't know anybody at that church. I don't want to go to that church. Well, this is where you're going to go. I'm like, all right, whatever. So he became a youth leader at the other church and I had no choice but to go to a different church. And I lived in a small, way smaller town than this. There's like, there's like 3,000 people living in Bern. We all knew everybody. And so I end up at this other church, and it's like my dad said, look, this church is going to do something that's going to train you to walk in obedience to the Scriptures and to surrender the gospel. Now, he didn't say that to me. I didn't high-five him and say, Dad, thanks so much. I'm really excited about surrendering to the gospel, walking in obedience to the Scriptures. This is going to be a whole lot of fun, Dad. But he took me to a place that, he, that led us to learn to surrender. Say, here's the power of the gospel, walk in that. And over the years, this changed my life. So I'm not sure how many people are sitting here as John's day saying, you know what, we're gonna go in a different direction. And I want you to see something here. And I didn't know what was gonna be going on in the world at this point in life, and so I, but I want you to see something. Look at verse five. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. So John is telling this group, they're going to say some things. Expect the world to speak because they don't have the Holy Spirit. They're going to speak different. And so I'm not sure how many people were facing persecution in John's day. And you know why they were being persecuted? Because they weren't going to walk away from the gospel. Yeah, Jesus, we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. We believe in you. And so we expect those people over there that are outside the gospel to talk like what? The spirit of Antichrist. They're not for the gospel. So they're going to say things that are against the gospel. They're going to say, well, why are you guys so judgmental? I'm not judgmental. John just said this is what the gospel is. And I believe the eyewitness account. So I'm just going to keep on going. I believe what the gospel is doing in my life. I'm going to keep on going. So I don't know how many of these guys were sitting in John's audience saying, you know what? The world says this. Go ahead and talk. I expect that of you. But it's not going to change my decision. I'm following the gospel. So this morning, John's audience, he wanted them to be aware of false prophets. He wanted them to know how to identify false prophets. And he wanted them to know that greater is he who is in them than he who is in the world. I think that's really interesting. So what about you this morning? Be aware of false prophets. The United States of America is full of false prophets. What is a false prophet? An individual that stands in front of you and does not talk about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. 
that does not talk to you about it. Jesus came, he died on the cross for whoever believed in him. That person then says, you know what? I believe in you, Jesus, so I want to receive the free gift of salvation. All right, that's great. Now I have the free gift of salvation. Do you know what that means today? Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So what does that look like? We should no longer be afraid of what's going on around us. I bump into more people than sit in buildings that post on Facebook that they love Jesus, but they're more afraid now than they've ever been before. I don't understand that. Well, maybe I do. Maybe they haven't sat down and thought about greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I was talking to an individual that was tested for COVID-19. And so the results came back negative. Individual was talking to some other believers. And the question was asked, were you afraid you were going to die? The response came back, I expect to die. My days are numbered. Now, the eyes of the individual were like glassed over, shocked. I couldn't, they couldn't see faces because masks were on. And I started to think, you know what? Isn't it better to die? Isn't it the best gift for me to spend eternity with Jesus? Then why are we walking around afraid that we're going to die? If heaven, one of our guys said to me two weeks ago, first hour, if heaven is so great, why am I trying so hard to stay here? I don't know. But isn't it true through history that anybody that's ever walked on this earth, eventually what happens to them? They die. It's a fact. The only one that died and rose again is my Savior. His name is Jesus. So today, maybe it's an opportunity for you to allow the gospel to disciple you to a thought process that death could be the best gift you ever got. Now, I'm not saying you walk out on Highway 27. You'd probably be pretty safe right now because it's not the old, the Yankees are still up north. And so I can say that now because they're not recording it, so they won't ever know if they want to watch it anyway. I'm not saying to you walk up there on Highway 27, but I'm saying to you, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So let's begin a journey to live like it. Let's begin a journey that we actually start to listen really well to the things that are going on around us. Oh, I expect you to act like that. Why? You don't have the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to get mad at you. I'm going to feel bad for you that you don't have what I have. Father that loved me from eternity past. There's never been a day that he didn't know I was going to be his son. I've been predestined before the foundations of the world to be adopted into a family. You know what that family is? He was in me than he was in the world. I know who my father is. And it matters to me. And I want it to matter. So we started out this morning standing on the promises. 
What promises are you standing on because you know your Father? No matter what the world says, no matter how crazy it gets, I'm standing on the promises that the creator of heaven and earth had a plan 2,000 years ago to introduce his son into the world for my sin. And I've accepted him as my savior. And I want to live differently. So I'm listening more often. And I want to have a heart of verification, but not to my preferences and to not my thought process. My verification to the scriptures. Oh, this is what you say love is. Oh, this is what you say how somebody spends eternity. Oh, you told me that the world's going to act like that, so I don't have to be afraid when they respond to me in anger because I'm not going to walk away from Jesus. I'm not going to do it. So you can say whatever you want to say, but greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be together as a family today. And you know each heart, you know each individual, you know what's going on. So, Father, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as Father, it's never been a time that they pause and say, wait a second, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I need to receive the free gift of salvation. Maybe this morning is your day. And what I've found over the years, there's that still small voice, the Holy Spirit drawing me to be a son of obedience. And many, many years ago, that still small voice said, you know what, today's the day. Put your faith in Jesus. Receive the gift. So quite a few years ago, I received the gift, and the gift hasn't stopped changing me. Maybe you're sitting in here and you haven't seen change, so maybe you're not his. Maybe there's not that greater as he is in the world inside of you because you've never actually said, you know what, I need this. So, Father, who doesn't know you, make today the day of salvation. And those who do know you, may we be discipled to truly believe that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. May we truly identify false prophets and know that that person can have thousands and ten thousands of followers, but that's okay. Because they're not talking about Jesus. And they're not talking about his death, burial, and resurrection They're talking about, well, make sure you feel okay. Make sure you're happy today. Just enjoy you. Thank you, Jesus, that you never did that. That you're willing to die on a cross for our sins. May we be willing to die the Holy Spirit to us so that the world may see you, Jesus. It's your name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us.